life was so normal until everything went crazy. Yes, yes. And it teached us to be ready to adopt. Probably it helped us in now in 2022, in this year, uh, with this Russian aggression, that we, uh, we weren't too uh, shocked. We, we, it was a shock. But we uh, have quickly have found some um, some energy to get back to work to inform our clients that we are, uh, let's say, okay. Welcome to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. This episode is very special, and I hope it will, in some way, inspire you on an important human level that will make you think ultimately of the futility of war, yes. One side usually declares victory over the other, yes. We know how important it can be, and it is to defend yourself against clear and present danger, aggression, self-defense. That is indeed often the only option. We get it. But in the end, there are oftentimes no clear winners. There is only the terrible human toll and suffering and the physical and emotional destruction talk debate and international diplomacy and lots of prayers is the most preferred route well that's my backdrop for this special episode which has an incredible and inspiring interview coming up with two young ukrainian professionals caught up in the horrible war in the Ukraine. Ismet Bekarov is the founder of the web development company known as Green Ice, spelled the way it sounds, and who at least for now is based in Poland after moving from Ukraine as the war took hold. The clip you heard earlier was Ismet talking to me. We recently caught up with Ismet and his business partner and co-founder of Green Ice, Sergei Apanasenko, who is currently working in Kyiv in the Ukraine, and both will be telling us what daily life is like for both of them. Their stories are moving, raw, sometimes emotional, but above all, they demonstrate the spirit of the Ukrainian people in the midst of war and tragedy. And one other we note, our money is on Ukraine to qualify for the World Cup this year after a resounding victory against Glasgow. We should know the outcome after this episode is published, but let's go Ukraine, even though I do have some relatives in Glasgow, but I'm going to let that pass for now. Uh, time to time, uh, our regular life uh, breaks um, break break by uh, airstrike alarm and we should go to the uh, safe to sa to safety place and uh, in some organizations uh, they stop to uh, service and uh, ask people to uh, go out to this to this to, to shelter to shelters uh, and other commercials just uh, work, work, work as usual. So we used to live in such conditions. We keep digging for the secrets and stories of uncommon and everyday things and interesting people. And we'll have lots more from Ismet Bekarov in Poland and Sergei Apanasenko in Kyiv, Ukraine. 
Both of them are with the Greenice Web Development Company, which, as it happens, has a lot of great clients in the United States, which is where we are coming from to you, recording this episode in the New York area. Before I get to my full interview, it's time for our weekly Future Shock 2.0 with Ira Wolf on the future of work and labour force trends. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. Ira Wolf, you have some startling statistics and analysis on zero unemployment in the cybersecurity industry and now in other industries. Wow, what's going on here? Yeah, John, thanks for having me back. And zero unemployment. When did you ever think we would talk about that? In the past, it was about full unemployment and people would lose their hair or get gray hair over it. And now we're talking zero unemployment. I think the one area that really highlights this is in cybersecurity. A recent study just showed that 82% of all employers report a shortage of cybersecurity. Now, in the past, this was just government and tech companies, but now it gets down to they're competing with banking and finance, uh, almost healthcare, almost every industry, and especially with some of the recent break-ins like the Colonial Pipeline and Solar Winds and, and the Russia attacks, uh, ransomware for hospitals. Right now, today, there's close to 600,000 cybersecurity jobs that are unfilled. 61% of companies say that the people applying aren't qualified. Uh, and the number of posting is up 29% over the last 12 months. That's more than double. And the number of jobs cybersecurity jobs that are expected to be unfilled by 2025, just three years away, is 3.5 million. That's almost a, a tenth fold increase over where we are today. So when, when we talk about challenges in hiring people, just look at the cybersecurity and there's you know other industries. I think people need to start thinking about we are at zero unemployment rate, which is a very, very scary thought. Thank you, Ira Wolf. Ira is a workforce and labor force expert, and he is also the host of the popular Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization podcast on Apple and on all the best platforms. Speaking of great shows, I know many of you are now tuning into Odeon Capital Conversations, a top ranked podcast on Apple and on all the great platforms. Odeon Capital Conversations is on all things money and markets with Dick Beauvais and Matt Van Alstein of Odeon Capital Group and also with yours truly. The latest episode has lots to say on what is coming for the housing market in America as interest rates rise and with the talk of recession and the war on inflation intensifying. So check out Odeon Capital Conversations. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. I really do hope you're all well and thankful for small mercies, because as we know today, there is much pain and suffering in the world, including here in the United States, with the shocking recent massacres by crazed gunmen and other violence and despair. This is a terrible and sad thing. In a moment, my interview with Ismet Berkarov and Sergei Opanasenko of the Ukraine web development company Green Ice is coming up. 
I came away from this interview feeling, well, a lot less cynical about certain things in my life because I saw in these two great figures something very special and dynamic and encouraging about the human spirit. I caught up with Sergei in Kiev, Ukraine, and with Izmet, who is currently in Poland. This is madness, this shocking war in the Ukraine. Ukraine's President Zelensky estimates tens of thousands have died in the war. I mean, that's probably just an estimate. I suppose there is no final number. The whole thing is a terrible tragedy. Let's just absolutely pray and hope for peace. A small note, during the interview, Sergei Oppenasenko, based in Kiev, mentions Irpin. I spell it I-R-P-I-N, and it is in the Kiev province. Sergei explains of how he evacuated his parents from Irpin, and he pronounced it almost like European. Anyway, you'll you'll hear it during the uh, interview and the audio, and you'll get what I'm talking about. So the area is spelled Irpin, and it's in the province of Kiev. It has a significant part to play in the recent developments in Kiev, as Russians encircled that important city. And most of you know what happens after that. But you'll hear it in the words of Sergei. Really fascinating. I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne. You're both very welcome to the show. I'm honoured that you would take the time out to describe your situation, what has been happening at the company. One of you today is in Kiev, Ukraine. We want to hear about that. And the other is in Poland with his family. You're a company of 40-something people. The war and crisis in Ukraine has upended a lot of your lives personally and professionally it's a difficult time thank you again for giving me this time so that you can share it with our listeners and viewers and why don't we start in poland is met you fled to poland right from the ukraine so let's set it all up tell us a little bit about the company and how you all had to scatter and what's going on now the current situation right uh we are uh software development company as you have mentioned um we have 45 employees now um all uh, all the company all of our teammates are spread uh in different uh cities and uh, or regions of western and central ukraine um, um i and my family uh managed to uh, go and uh, move to poland yeah um there is an um, official uh, ban for uh, male Ukrainians to leave the country, but uh, I've got an official approval for several weeks because of some is- uh, health issues. I ha- I've got an approval to uh, help my uh, family to uh, li- uh, leave Ukraine to have some uh, to find some apartments, some, and then uh, in uh, middle j- June I have to get back to Ukraine. So it's my temporary uh, place. So you have to go back to Ukraine in June? Yes. Will you stay in Ukraine from June on, or what's the plans? Uh, I have to uh, visit a medical commission uh, again, and they will decide, uh, should I be enlisted, or should I stay in Ukraine, or will they give me another one approval to leave the country for some period of time? Um, 
So it's a military medical commission. Uh, every male person have to uh, visit or accomplish um, currently. So it's you a, may be enlisted in, in the Ukrainian army? Theoretically, yes. Yes. How do you feel about that? Um, I'm okay with that. Okay. It's, uh, if they really want me, I will do it. Yeah. There's no choice, really, is yes. part of your answer, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But then, of course, the question arises, who will run the company? How will the company function with your absence? Um, happily, we have a great team, uh, several managers uh, in our team who, I guess, will uh, run the company during my absence, theoretical absence. Yeah. Uh, we have a... Just an example, we have a partner um, bookkeeping company. They help us with bookkeeping. As I have heard, uh, their uh, boss uh, was, was enlisted on, the, on day one or day two of this Russian aggression. And the book cam, book, uh, bookkeeping company works well. They help us uh, during all this period. And things are going on. Uh, everyone could adopt to new uh, new reality. Your company was formed in 2007. Yes. And um, it had a great start and, and it built up a lot of clients, especially in the US and some yes. name brands that you can get into if you wish. And then the problem started to occur with the Russian invasion of Crimea uh, in 2014. Explain that to us. Yes. Yes, we uh, search. Sergey and I have started our business, launched our business in 2007. Before that period, we both were freelancers, uh, programming engineers. Uh, we had separate, small separate clients, and then we decided to work together to provide more complex services. Uh, and then we uh, started to uh, gain um, clients uh, from uh, New York as well. Uh, among of them, there is a company called Atlantic Coast Media Group. They are maybe famous, maybe known for their cosmetics uh, cosmetics goods, some shampoos, some skincare products, and so on. We have, uh, during 10 or 12 years, we, are, we, still work, we still have been working with them. Uh, we have them, we help them with uh, software development still. So we uh, worked uh, since 2007, got some clients, got the experience. Uh, our team was step-by-step uh, step, uh, uh, and enlarging. Um, and then, yes, as you mentioned, 2014 uh, happened. Uh, Russia came, so-called, came to uh, our native uh, region, Crimea, and uh, annexed it. Um, and uh, uh, several months later, uh, United States and other uh, European Union um, uh, provided the sanctions that uh, the ban to make any kind of business with the companies based there. Uh, so before that, in 2014, we moved our company uh, to uh, continental part of Ukraine, from this peninsula to uh, so-called legal part of Ukraine. <laughs> Ukraine. Yeah, uh, it was our full first move. Um, Probably, as we felt now, it was uh, it was a challenge. We have to um, get through it. If uh, it if it happened, that it should ma make us stronger. Uh, we moved all of our uh, employees there. It, we had uh, at the time around twenty 
the employees uh, happy over all of our clients stayed with us. Yeah, they uh, felt no changes in our services. And, and we continue to grow in Kiev, yeah, in uh, our current uh, place of our so, uh, headquarters, yeah, yeah, central office. Yeah, because uh, uh, your wonderful marketing and publicity person said you had a lovely office in Kiev, and you had yeah. it was life was so normal until everything went crazy. Yes, yes, and it teached us to be ready to adopt to any difficulties we might we meet. Probably. It helped us in now in 12, uh, 2022, in this year, uh, with this Russian aggression, that we, uh, as for me, we weren't too uh, shocked. We, we, it was a shock, but we uh, have quickly have found some, um, some energy to get back to work, to inform our clients that we are, uh, let's say, okay, we are ready to do our provide our services uh, further. Uh, we are stable. We we are not lost, and uh, it was uh, important for them. And let me say that uh, all of our current clients stayed with us. None of them um, was afraid, and uh, no one none of them left us because of uh, war we have in our country. Uh, but they theoretically could have some. Um, fears about it but all of them stayed we appreciate their belief so we keep going so your company is still it's fully functional your yes. clients have stayed with you and your staff are dispersed in different parts yes, of yes. the world it's a remarkable modern day story of war tragedy and ordinary life continuing yes yes yes, yes. uh maybe it's worth mentioned that um pandemic period helped uh, also teach us to work remotely mm. it was also a, a good experience uh to work from homes to work from uh small towns uh, where people lived for some period of time uh and they stayed online they stayed in touch we haven't uh, lost uh, projects or some uh, impo uh, important processes uh so it worked that is just remarkable uh sergey yes. You're in Ukraine. You're in Kiev, uh, Sergey. Yep, yep. And um, so you are one of many of the employees remained back and are now back in Kiev. Are you just the sole one? Uh, as far as I know, there are a few people, maybe four maximum people in Kiev, because some of them uh, left Kiev and uh, went to their parents. Uh, some of them uh, went to the uh, which are east, east part of Ukraine, and some of some of them live Western, west, Western, Western uh, Ukraine, yeah, yep, uh, yep, Western Ukraine. Some of them uh, left uh, Ukraine. So in Kiev, I believe maybe four of us. Tell us about your life there and how it it's like to conduct business for uh, green ice. Green ice, okay, that's not hard to remember. You just think of green and ice and put the two of them yeah, together. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um what is it what's life like in in kiev i mean we see the images on tv every night they're a little different these past few days to what it was in the early days because there was a shocking sense of trepidation that the russians were moving in and it was going to be completely laid in ruins and bombarded and of course it didn't happen so 
Describe everything to us. It's uh, not easy question for me because because I have been here for from the beginning of the Russian in, invasion and uh, all changes uh, was in my on, on my eyes and it's difficult to understand what was before and what what now. But uh, no McDonald's, for example. Uh, but mostly uh, all infrastructure works as usual and uh, a lot of citizens return uh, return to uh, to city and uh, also i can see here uh, traffic jams again um, most of the commercials uh, reopened uh, reopen again uh, time to time uh, our regular life uh, breaks um, break break by uh, airstrike alarm and we should go to the uh, safe to sa to safety place and uh, in some organizations uh, they stop to uh, service and uh, ask people to uh, go out to this to this to, to shelter to shelters uh, and other commercials just uh, work 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 as usual so uh, we used to live in such conditions so you're describing life as back to the new normal if you will for the city and the infrastructure is up and running restaurants are opening stores are open there's um, a lot of traffic on the on the highways movie houses are open sports stadiums is it just life as normal kind of uh, yes i can say that but for example, uh, my family still uh, live in Poland. And it's difficult to uh, return them here, them here to uh, to Kiev because uh, I think it's not safe enough. Uh, because uh, you should uh, walk, walk, wake up uh, in the middle of night, and you should get get on your way and run uh, fast, run to uh, shelter. And it's for if if it happened in uh, four or five a.m. It's not easy. Uh, I can do it, but it's difficult to do with my with my son, with my wife, and that's why I I'm alone here. And is the population back to what it was, or I I can't imagine it is. A lot of people are are left. Uh, I think. The most part of uh, the most uh, population of uh, Kiev return here. It's wow. difficult to to measure it by uh, uh, by count of cars because uh, in Ukraine we have problems with fuel, and uh, there are a lot of lines uh, near gas stations, and it's difficult to understand uh, why so few cars on the roads because uh, because the problems of fuel or because uh, not all not all citizens returns here a, a couple of uh, i suppose in in the bigger scheme of things rather mundane uh, questions but is banking functioning uh what about the local economy have you noticed any changes there in other words does your is there a lot of inflation uh standard of living how have all of those things been impacted or not uh, uh, our, our government implies some uh, things uh, for e economic e uh, in e e economic. Uh, for example, they fixed uh, currency exchange rate, and uh, it in some um, it st 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 stabilizes uh, stabilized uh, 
as stabilized prices and there are no uh, high inflation. But what about, uh, for example, in uh, incomes, in city incomes, I heard that city Kyiv lost about uh, one uh, about quarter quarter of uh, tax in incomes, so uh, Kyiv should reduce uh, their city city costs. And but banks uh, banks work uh, critical uh, infrastructure work. Uh, so uh, in in uh, grocery store uh, stores a lot of uh, goods uh, fresh. Uh, fresh fruits, uh, milk, uh, meat, and so on. Uh, but uh, at, at the moment, we have a problem with salt. With salt? With salt? Uh, wow, if you get, yeah. wow. Uh, maybe uh, anybody listening, if there's people want to send some over, I don't know if we can make donations. That's, uh, we take all that for granted here in America right now. Uh, ATM cards, credit cards work in the city? Yeah, yeah. I only use credit cards and I don't have cash at all and it works uh, electronically all so I can pay for every services by by my card by pay pass so internet works television radio and but it's it's, it's a curious uh, situation in the evenings when people are out socializing or going to hotels do they go out to dine nightclubs go to parties I mean, it might be life as usual, but there's a certain um, sadness hangs over all of this. Um, I could uh, explain all of uh, what is happening uh, in Ukraine now, uh, since day one, is yes. uh, res resistance. Resistance in all senses of this world. Uh, from civil, uh, civil persons, uh, from, from everyone. Even uh, they show this resistance uh, just... Uh, so we're talking about the resistance by the ukrainians yes resistance to the war resistance uh, to the fears um all attempts to stay calm to walk further and uh, to stay where they live and uh, try doing everything they could do um uh, trying not not to run out not to ex not to escape just yeah. to show they they believe in their country in their um in their city, in them, uh, in, uh, in in themselves, uh, it's uh, it uh, it's remarkable, really. Uh, I sh I have uh, uh, observed it on the early morning of day one. You haven't asked about it, but uh, when I uh, got up early, early morning, the first bombings uh, I have heard. Uh, I run uh, out of my house to get the car, and I have seen around me. It was a six uh, or five a five a.m. half of six, half six. Um, some people were getting to their cars uh, with plans to uh, leave the city, and uh, most part just uh, went out from their homes, going to work, taking cars to go to their work, uh, walking with their dogs. We are hearing the bombings somewhere far away. But uh, they come. They are going with the dogs, and uh, it's like like normal day there. Uh, it, and this uh, shows how Ukrainians uh, in general react to all of this. We are, uh, in a good sense of what, shocked. We are how uh, the banking systems uh, worked stable. Mm. Uh, no troubles at all. Uh, trains are going. Public transport is working. Electricity, no problems with electricity, with water and other uh, important stuff in, in city or towns. Uh, 
hospitals, everything looks like normal life, but with, as Sergei have, has mentioned, the um, air raid signals, when um, you have to leave your room and go somewhere in the basement or somewhere. But uh, I can say that uh, most people do not uh, run there. Uh, now I'm Poland, but I lived in Ivano-Frankivsk uh, for two months, so I have seen all of this. Uh, they used to somehow ignore some of the signals because uh, they believe that it now will happen. It, in most of cases, it really nothing ha happens. Trying not, not, not to escape because uh, one of the um, I, um, goals of Russians, as we see from this perspective, is to make us escape, must make us fear, uh, to, full of fear. Um, and when you're not uh, afraid of all of them, all of their uh, strikes, the, <laughs> you, are, you are a resistance, the resistance. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. My guests are Ismet Berkharov and Sergei Apanasenko of the Ukraine web development company Green Ice. Sergei is based in Kiev, while Ismet is in Poland. Ismet responds first to my initial question. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. My guests are Ismet Berkharov and Sergei Apanasenko of the Ukraine web development company Green Ice. Sergei is based in Kiev, while Ismet is in Poland. Ismet responds first to my initial question. I'm your host, John Aidan Byrne. Where exactly were you when the um, all this war was unleashed and the, the Russian tanks were coming in? You know, at that moment, where where were you? I was in my apartment in Kiev, left yeah. bank of Dnieper, just a. Uh, district to be the usual apartments were you frightened were you scared what was racing through your head um we all read a lot of news uh two months before this uh, in uh, invasion started uh terrible news uh forecast that it will start it will uh imminently start um but uh, we haven't uh, we didn't understood what to do uh, to leave Kiev for ukraine or ignore or stay there. And uh, the day before the inv invasion, we had uh, we had a small party in our home. Uh, the day before the, the, the invasion, you had a party. Yes, a small party with a, with, a, with a couple of friends. Yeah, we discussed: uh, will it start or not? Is it just a panic uh, articles or not? Yeah, it, the Russian may may attack. Yeah, we know it from Crimea and from war in Donbass in 2014. They potentially can. But will they start as uh, in World War II with tanks? Really? Mm. So we discussed, yeah, it will be with them uh, the uh, night before the situation. Yeah, it will be better. Maybe on the weekend we have to move somewhere uh, in maybe Western Ukraine just to, to, to stay in income. Um, Come place. Okay, let's go. Um, then our friends uh, left our house. Uh, 
we uh, left with my wife and my son alone. Son have, uh, went to get, went to bed, and uh, all, all until 4 a.m. Uh, my wife and me hardly argued to each other what should we do uh, tomorrow. Maybe it's too late. We said to each other, we are we were panicking we were afraid of that moment maybe we uh, were wrong ignoring the other signals um and then at eight uh, at uh, for for a.m uh early morning or deep night early morning we also went to bed and in 30 minutes we have heard some uh sounds that are not so usual for for the city for city night maybe like fireworks but who runs the fireworks uh, at a at 4 a.m., excuse me. Um, then we understood, yes, something is happening. It's better to get our suitcases, to get some uh, clothes, to get the car and start our... And at 6 a.m., we started our ride to western part of Ukraine with some part of other uh, key inhabitants around us. Both of you can answer this. Did you witness anything horrible? And that stays in your mind, and could you describe it if that's the case? Maybe it's better to ask Serge because he stayed in um, in Kiev. I haven't seen such thing because I yeah. uh, moved yeah. far from war zone. Serge, did you witness or have you seen anything that's horrible that you would associate with war? I also uh, woke up uh, as Ismet at four a.m. for four thirteen, and I heard uh, explosions. And I understood what happened, and I was shocked. I, it was panic. It was difficult to understand what to do because yet we we spoke about uh, we spoke about uh, the, uh, that moment, but uh, but now is that moment, and what, what to do is difficult to understand what to do. Uh, we had the plan. Uh, we had a plan because uh, my parents uh, live outside the city, outside the Kiev, about 40, uh, 40 uh, maybe 20 kilometers uh, from Kiev in the city Irpin. And we had a plan that the, uh, their house should be our meeting point. And from the first uh, hours, uh, my brother with his family uh, moved to Irpin. And I decided to wait. Uh, uh, to European, yeah. I decided to wait maybe one or two days to understand what happened and what what to do, where where uh, where Russians are and and so on. And uh, we saw on the first and second uh, day we saw Russian soldiers and they were close to the European, uh, much close to the Kiev because um, and uh, our Ukrainian army uh, ruined. All bridges around the European uh, to lock uh, to lock Russian troops and uh, to prevent their moving to the Kiev. But uh, European was there uh, no, no way to to leave European. And my parents, with my with uh, my parents, my brother, his family, uh, heard all, all this explosion. They heard. How Russian attack uh, Bucha because Bucha European is uh, near two cities, and they spent about ten days in the basement. In in the basement, uh, they have they had uh, water, boots. Uh, they have uh, eat, uh, to eat, but they spent and 
there were there was a communication with with them i called to my to my father each day and we just exchanged our messages what what happened and one day uh, i decided uh, so um, i i said them that they should ev evacuate and on next day we decided that uh, i will meet i will meet uh, here near irpin uh, we, we don't know all information how difficult to leave it but we what what we knew at that moment that uh, it was not possible to leave uh, irpin by car to uh, leave no no from irpin i i'm i'm talking about irpin irpin if this is city near so uh, oh because you keep mentioning european and and that's a city you're talking about oh, no, so irpin irpin yeah irpin irpin uh, not europe irpin this is city on the uh, north uh, west part of uh, kiev okay it, it's uh, 20 kilometers from kiev uh, yeah. this was this was a point where russian troops stopped by ukrainian army and there there was a difficult uh, very very heavy battle and uh, so the question is it was aligned between ukrainian army and uh, russian troops and they heard uh, these explosions and uh, i saw that uh, russian troops moved to the city the closer and closer and they um, and it was not uh, it was difficult because they heard every day explosions and these explosions uh, became closer and closer and i understand that uh, they should in any way leave this city and uh, we we decided uh, that next morning uh, i i take my car and drive to Irpin and they buy food uh, go go to my to my way uh, it was uh, i re really uh, i didn't know wh where actually russians uh, and I just moved to the direction to the city to Irpin. When I drove, I heard these explosions, and uh, there was a lot of uh, checkpoints. And uh, Ukrainian army and uh, territorial uh, defense guards asked me, "Where, where, where are you going to? Why?" Yeah, um, and I said that I'm going to evacuate my parents, my my brother, and they okay, go go try try to do it, and then uh, and then and when I came to the this ruined bridge, um, and I started to wait uh, for my parents, and um, in few maybe um, in few minutes I saw them. They uh, went by foot. Uh, Without any 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 stuff, without any anything, they just. I saw them. I took them uh, to the to, to car. They were no emotions. They were absolutely no emotions. Uh, they uh, the, uh, their faces were I don't know white in uh, shock. Yeah, they were shocked, and in the car they started to cry, mm -hmm. start crying, uh, cry, uh, to cry uh, with tears. And my mother, uh, daughter of my brother, and when I later I drove them to the another part of Kiev, uh, it was safe enough. Uh, it was not so many explosions. There no, uh, there were no explosions at all, really. So it was quiet. Uh, in compared to the uh, to the European, and 
they were shocked for a few days. Maybe it was difficult to recover, uh, to uh, to start think, to start live as usual because uh, they were in shock. In few days, uh, I in few days I gave them my car, and they drove to Lviv. Lviv is a west part. Lviv is west part of Ukraine. Uh, they uh, left city. They left Kiev. And they spent about two months in Lviv. And so where are they now, if you're allowed to tell? Yeah, they returned. Uh, my brother lives lives in Kiev. He returned to Kiev. And my parents in Irpin. In Irpin. Uh, so everybody's safe. We, we've seen it on the TVs and the news reports. Um, awful bloody pictures. And we know there are a lot of casualties and any personal situations like that among your staff and employees where they lost loved ones? We do not know of, uh, of any losses among our um, uh, staff or their loved ones. Friends, yes. Um, loved ones or family members, we do not know of them. Two of our members enlisted in uh, uh, armed forces. Yeah. Uh, one of them went to armed forces, another one to territorial different forces. It's a uh, lack of COVID. Um, uh, um, guys who help armed forces with uh, some uh, assistance, yes, with some assistance. Um, we uh, we had we have a colleague. Her name is uh, Alexandra. Uh, he also uh, lived in Irpin with her family. Uh, maybe on day four or five uh, of Russian invasion, they decided to leave Irpin, the suburb and move, uh, take their car and move uh, further to the west, not to the Kiev. Kiev is on eastern part uh, direction from European, but to the west. Um, they uh, drove for 20 kilometers, stayed in some house, maybe it's their friend's house or their house in um, other city called uh, town, not city, town, Makarov. Um, and uh, next day, uh, war came uh, came there. They launched a lot of uh, tank battles. Uh, Russian tanks from one side, Ukrainian forces on the other side, other direction from this town. Uh, they uh, have been living in the basement also for four days, on five days. Then uh, Russian soldier, soldiers uh, found them. Uh, happily, uh, they just uh, uh, took their cell phones uh, crushed them uh, in maybe in order to avoid them. Uh, Alexander or her parents could uh, text uh, where Russians are st uh, staying yeah. and them go happily. They wow. moved to the safe. Yes, it uh, this this story had a happy end. Yeah, um, it's remarkable uh, your own company story and the way you have survived and 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 kept your clients. Um, how is it working out for other companies in Ukraine? Are there any companies who are suffering under the siege and had to close up? What's the big picture for doing business in Ukraine today? Um, we can't... Uh, are you asking about um, software development uh, field or any other? Well, generally, let's talk in general terms because industry, economy impacts retail, software, manufacturing, agriculture, shipbuilding. Or um, businesses uh, suffering but uh, showing their resistance as well. Uh, working uh, how they could, when they could, 
how, uh, where they could, uh, if it's possible, they're moving their um, uh, staff or some equipment to the uh, central or western parts uh, of Ukraine. Uh, some of them leave the equipment and moving away from the war zones and trying to get uh, funds uh, to buy uh, once again all the equipment they need. So they fighting on their part of front, so-called. So they're part of uh, economical war, war zone. Um, it's Quite easy for software developers, we have a lot of them in Ukraine, because uh, everything a person needs is a, is a laptop uh, on some stuff, and he takes yes. it and moves somewhere Mobile. and works uh, remote. And yes. Uh, in other spheres, we have uh, troubles, agricultural um, businesses are suffering uh, a lot because uh, the seaports of Ukraine on Black Sea are blocked. Uh, for several weeks, uh, several months uh, from day one. Yeah, Odessa, you may see on the map, uh, Mykolaiv, usually uh, not our sphere, but we are known of uh, this huge problems. Um, we in Ukraine grown, uh, uh, have uh, grown a lot of uh, grains yeah. and uh, export it to Middle East, to, to African countries. And as I have uh, written in news, we are asking for some stuff from United States uh, officials to protect our ports and to let this uh, food um, uh, be exported to the people need it to to eat because they have nowhere to get the, the, the food. Uh, and we, we in Ukraine have a million tons of this. Um, so every, everyone is resisting as he could uh, on his or her tiny place of resistance, bigger, uh, and uh, it, it's it, it's great to see. President Zelensky is a world hero. He's sort of like the Churchill of our times. What's your thoughts? He never took flight when this latest invasion occurred. He stood his ground and stayed in Kiev. It's political questions. It's uh, our eternal. Uh, difficult political questions, but uh, we respect our president, we respect our army, uh, because our army uh, saved and continues save, saves uh, our, our country. And also uh, President Zelensky uh, worked, worked with this question and he uh, let know uh, all, all over the world the situation and difficult questions. Uh, and what happened in Ukraine, he talk, constantly talked about. So uh, we re respect. Uh, yeah, you respect him. Yes, yeah. and uh, uh, important part, uh, excuse me, is uh, that he currently he represents the vision of Ukrainian people. And uh, he just uh, telling what usual normal people think on their kitchens or on their uh, in, uh, speeches to each other on streets, on summer, on pubs, everywhere. Uh, that's why he's so popular inside of Ukraine uh, and probably outside, uh, because he tells what we in Ukraine really think. And we think that we have to, to fight. We have no place to go, um, no uh, reasons to go. Uh, it it uh, might uh, so, may, may sound uh, pathetically, uh, but uh, it, it is truth. Uh, the most part of the country stays 
even those who uh, went outside the country still works and pay taxes in Ukraine and send donations to Ukraine and send some humanitarian aid uh, also to Ukraine. So we all try our best to fight um, just to, to survive. It, it also sounds pathetically and we have no other option. You are among a lot of Ukrainian residents in Poland. There's millions, yes. right, have moved there. What's exactly. that like? Yes. What's what's that community like? Um, I often see them. I see car plates from Ukraine. I hear Ukrainian language just in lines on streets um, here. Uh, a lot of Ukrainians live here. We uh, we are thankful to Poland to uh, they um, let us live here. Uh, they um, kind of adopted their laws to make the uh, life easier, uh, to a lot to work. Who needs it? A lot, uh, a lot to some uh, uh, some assistance with funds. Um, pay, pay, pay us some, some, something other. Other guys, um, but uh, all I all that I can uh, say about the Ukrainian um, citizens here in Poland now that all of them uh, wait for the day they could come back. We all love to travel. We like how uh, Central or Western European uh, cities or ca um, countries look like. Uh, old buildings, castles, uh, clean streets. It's all sure. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful museums. Uh, we love to travel uh, before the war. Uh, now all of those people, uh, adults and children, wait the day they could come back because when you travel with this kind of need, it's <laughs> not so fun. We should wait and return back, uh, clean our uh, towns, cities. Maybe you have seen some pictures from uh, Bucha and Irpin, maybe one or two weeks after uh, Russians flew, uh, escaped there, uh, they are making it clean, cleaner and cleaner. They moved uh, all the uh, res what uh, left from tanks and other equipment, and uh, it uh, again became, uh, became clean and green suburb. Very nice to have a walk. It's, it's amazing how quickly you can return a place to normal if you will yes. i mean things can be leveled with uh, modern equipment and techniques and building codes and so on you can get a place back up pretty fast it's also a part of resistance yeah it's yeah. a part of resistance uh we a very important question where do both of you and where do your colleagues and residents of ukraine and who mm -hmm. are refugees and where do they see all this ending what's the hope is there a good end in sight mm, as for me, the uh, most part, uh, biggest part of Ukraine sees sees it uh, as the uh, total end of uh, war actions, uh, end of airstrikes, and um, uh, getting um, getting the occupied territories free. Uh, because uh, people in Ukraine, uh, people in Kiev are currently so-called unsafe. Let's say it. Yes, airstrike. Uh, could happen, uh, shellings could sometimes happen, but uh, people on occupied territories, it's uh, uh, eastern part, uh, it's a southern part, uh, region of Kherson, um, Zaporizhia, uh, two large regions on the Black Sea, on the uh, Sea of Azov shore, uh, they are occupied. 
peoples are every day in danger. I am I'm in contact with them. I have uh, several friends in Kherson. Um, I'm afraid for them um, uh, a lot. So yeah. we all see to uh, as uh, all of our lands uh, could be free. People will get their rights. People be safe, and uh, and and that's it. But uh, how it will be in reality, and no one knows what will happen with um, Russia. Um, knows we keep going, keep fighting as we could. What do the Ukrainians expect and want the West to do? Is it doing enough? Uh, West is doing a lot of things. Uh, we are uh, very thankful to. Uh, to Poland, as I have mentioned, and uh, United States, uh, other uh, countries uh, f- from and not from U- European Union. Maybe, as our government says, uh, it will be ga- great to send us more weapons. Yeah. It sounds uh, not so uh, peacefully, yes, and uh, some uh, really peaceful peoples could uh, react uh, to those words uh, with danger. Wow, you're asking for weapons. It could kill someone. But um, in reality, it helps us to protect ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we are happy. Yeah, Putin sort of characterized this at the very beginning. And we I don't want to spend too long on this as he was coming in to sort of liberate Ukraine. Well, if that was the case, there wouldn't have been all that resistance from the locals. Yes, he and all Russians were not expecting uh, and maybe it is one of the reasons of uh, this war in general and how this war is going in details. They were not expecting uh, of this of this resistance, yes, on any levels, any yeah. level. Yeah. Because uh, not, not, only army, not only army fights against Russia, uh, a lot of volunteers, um, a lot of people... Uh, ev- Every people uh, make any. Uh, they take activity to protect our uh, country to uh, to fight with Russia. For example, uh, our company uh, help. Uh, our company helps to our army. We, we bought. We we buying we buying uh, pickups. For example, uh, we we are buying uh, drones, uh, night visions, and and so and so. And so on. So all people do. All Ukrainians fights again. Not only army, but army do the biggest part of of, of this. A little bit more about your company. You have uh, customers and clients all around the world and in the U.S. And you're a web development company that covers a wide area. What sort of web development work? We develop websites, uh, complex systems, uh, mobile applications, everything that could uh, help any kind of business to get more uh, from from web, from mobile f- uh, cell phones and so on. Uh, we provide custom development. Uh, any, uh, our client is uh, different from each other, from, from another one. Uh, some of them selling some uh, goods, some of them selling some services. Uh, yeah, so it's a wide, it's a wide, obviously your skill yeah, yeah. sets, your skill sets are, are pretty yeah. impressive to say the least and your company continues it's staying in business and you intend to be a force to be reckoned with in the years ahead no doubt yes we are, we are willing to do everything we could do uh, to mm-hmm. keep us working keep going if our listeners want to get in touch with you maybe to 
do some business with you or just make an inquiry? How do they reach you? Our official website, greenice.net. Uh, one could easily find it uh, in, in Google everywhere. And we, we were happy to help with some advice for free. Uh, some, some consultation. Yes, yes. We are ready to, to talk about some solutions. We are open to everyone. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you both during a difficult period in your company and your personal lives. We all hope and pray for a speedy resolution and a good outcome for everyone and for, for mankind because it's a terrible situation, this war in Ukraine. The sooner it's over, the better. Thank you both for being on my show. Thank you for your attention and kind words. Thank you. You are listening to Dig Life Deep with John Aiden Byrne. You can reach the host in the U.S. at 973-529-4699. That's 973-529-4699. 973-529-4699. Email burndesk at gmail.com. That's burndesk, B-Y-R-N-E, desk at gmail.com. Burndesk at gmail.com. Subscribe for free.